Hello and welcome to Beyond Being Human. My name is Paige Schrader. I created this podcast to be a light for those who are embarking on their own spiritual journey. This is a judgment-free zone where we can openly discuss what it means to be beyond human. Topics discussed on this podcast will range from things like spirituality, astrology, health and wellness, consciousness, psychology, mediumship, crystals, metaphysical and holistic healing, mental health, ghosts, witches, and a broad range of other topics. Some of the episodes will feature guest speakers. Others will just be me discussing my experience and interpretation of modern spirituality. I hope my story can inspire you to dig deeper within yourself and discover what being a divine being means for you. Thanks for listening. Hello, and thanks for listening to another episode of Beyond Being Human. What a week it has been, you guys. I mean, the weather here is crazy. We got upwards of eight inches of snow, and it's still falling. Um, In the last week, I have switched from night shift to day shift, so that was a pretty major adjustment, and a a temporary one at that. I will go back to nights next week, Um, so that has been a little unsettling as well. Basically, I've just been feeling stuck in a rut this last week, but I I do just want to take a moment to express my gratitude for the opportunity to be doing this podcast, and to those of you listening, your greatest asset in life is your time, and it means so much to me that you spend it listening to my creation and, and my experiences. This podcast has also really opened my eyes to the whole practice what you preach thing, Because for real, you guys, I catch myself self-sabotaging or dissociating and avoiding um, my emotions or my stress instead of sitting with them and meditating through them. Um, And then it kind of just hit me like, girl, pull yourself together, ground yourself, meditate. My creativity has been lacking so much, which started this downward spiral of emotions and stress. And then I realized hey, you should probably do some chakra meditation. So I looked up a guided meditation for cleansing and activating our sacral chakra, which is the chakra that contributes to our creative creative energy. And I seriously feel an incredible difference. So again, I just want to thank you. Um, even though you guys aren't speaking back to me, uh, just knowing that I have listeners who hear me speak on taking care of our mental and spiritual health helps to hold me accountable for taking care of my own self. Um, And that means a lot to me. I can't express enough my gratitude. So thank you for listening. Um, This week we're going to be talking about shadows. As I said before, retrograde is a perfect time for self-reflection. And with this retrograde coming to an end, I wanted to use this time to talk about what shadows are and how facing your shadows can be a major leap in your healing process. The shadow self is the parts of ourselves that we keep buried. This could be personality traits that we fear would not be accepted, loved, or understood by others, or it could even be trauma we have repressed and kept hidden in the shadows. I personally am a master at suppression, and for clarity's sake, let's define those terms because I know they can get confused for one another. So suppression is when you actively push uncomfortable feelings thoughts, or memories out of your consciousness because you do not know what to do with them. You don't know how to process them or maybe even just the thought 
of trying to process them makes you that uncomfortable to the point of avoidance. I struggle with this often. Though I am actively improving in this area, my typical self-sabotage distraction is binge-watching my favorite mindless show on Netflix over and over again. So when I realize that this is what I'm doing, and sometimes it takes me a few days to recognize this behavior pattern, but I'll shut the TV off and grab a book, usually a spiritual or psychology book, something that I know will teach me something. And that cognitive change in behavior usually helps me out of that self-sabotaging pattern. Repression, on the other hand, is when you are unconsciously avoiding those thoughts, feelings, or memories. A lot of times, this is a trauma response. I know from my own life experience, this has been a trauma response for me. And those repressed emotions, feelings, and memories are what we are referring to when we speak of the shadow self or shadows. Shadows were first recognized in psychology by Carl Jung. And to give an example of how our shadows can affect our lives, let's just imagine a little boy. This little boy is sensitive and in tune with his emotions. Now let's pretend his best friend from school moved away and he came home crying, feeling sad. His dad tells him to stop crying like a little girl. Now the little boy thinks it was wrong of him to cry. Fast forward, this boy is now 25 and struggles feeling and processing his emotions. He struggles to express what he is thinking and feeling and experiences loneliness because he struggles in relationships and being his authentic self with anyone, including his self. This toxic masculinity is a great example because unfortunately um, it is something we see so often in society. The boy learned at a young age to suppress his emotions, and over time, that suppression became an unconscious pattern, creating the shadows that leave him struggling in relationships with others and himself. The now 25-year-old man will most likely need therapy or a lot of self-reflection and a lot of conscious effort to work through those shadows because just as we cannot see darkness, we cannot consciously see our shadows. We have to become aware of our shadows. We have to pull them from our unconscious mind into the conscious mind. And you can do this through shadow work. Shadow work helps you get in touch with those suppressed emotions, thoughts, and memories. And it's uncomfortable. But why is it so important to allow yourself to sit in uncomfortability? Because if you remain where you are comfortable, you are not enabling yourself to grow and evolve. Remember, change is the catalyst for growth, and in order to change or evolve, you have to become vulnerable with yourself, which does mean allowing yourself to feel uncomfortable. Real quick though, don't ever think I am telling you to sit through situations where you feel uncomfortable in a way that your safety or health, be it mental, spiritual, or physical health, could be in danger. No, absolutely remove yourself from those situations. That is also part of self-care. But in terms of shadow work or internally improving yourself, you have to learn how to sit with yourself in those uncomfortable moments and feelings. Meditation was extremely uncomfortable for me at first, and at times it still is. But again, in order to heal and grow, we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. When I first started my own shadow work, I really resisted in the beginning. At first, I was speaking with my guides and I put out the energy and I verbalized that I wanted to make this change. 
I knew internally there was so much more going on than what I could consciously even think of. And repression can affect your memory. I like to call it trauma brain. So I recognized that there was this huge chunk of my life that I could barely remember. For me, I think I was like 16, 17. I, you know, I was 17. But anyways, I was never in an accident or anything that affected my memory. But I mean, an entire year or more was just completely blacked out. And that is really what opened my eyes. Like, I need to figure out why I can't remember. Well, my shadows are why. Without getting into too much detail, I will just say that during that time in my life, I had a brief relationship with someone who was diagnosed, or at least he told me he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. As a psych student now, I can clearly see he has dissociative identity disorder, which used to be called multiple personality disorder. If you have seen the movie Split, I will say that movie does an excellent job portraying this mental illness. Um, the person that I dated had only one other personality, but the movie shows a person with, I think, 13. But even their physical appearance and muscle mass and eye color and voice changed. And that was something very real that I witnessed. Anyways, the six months that I spent with this person was extremely traumatic. It was the shortest relationship that I had, but it did the most damage on me. And I'm still, through therapy and through my own work, um, working through this. But that relationship was very abusive. I'm talking emotionally, mentally, physically, sexually, just across the board was very unhealthy and unsafe. I do remember that general summary of this time of my life. I remember that I stayed with this person for six months out of fear of my own life. I realized rather quickly how dangerous the situation was. Um, but that's all I could really remember. Outside of that, I don't remember my senior year of high school at all. So knowing this traumatic experience happened during that time made it very intimidating emotionally to try and work through these shadows. So I felt a lot of resistance and almost immediately after speaking to my guides to help me through it, I backed off, but the universe responded anyway. At first, this was very overwhelming. I started to have nightmares and flashbacks. I was remembering in very specific detail the trauma and abuse I had endured, which led to a cycle of self-sabotage. When I have nightmares, I tend to just avoid sleeping until my body shuts down, which we all know, or I hope we all know, and if you don't know, I'm telling you now that sleep hygiene plays a crucial role in our overall well-being, and a lack of sleep or poor sleep patterns can not only directly affect our mood and mental health, but our physical health as well. And it can also throw you in psychosis, which is scary, but I have seen it so many times in the work that I do. So this lack of sleep led to anxiety and depression, which led me to reach out and tell this person that I forgave him. I absolutely did not actually forgive this person, not at that point in time anyway, but I needed some form of closure. And I thought that maybe by saying I forgive him, it would help me to actually forgive him. That's not quite how it played out. He responded by denying, 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 and I just blocked him. For me, that was enough closure. I was able to come to terms with the fact that this person who hurt me tremendously 
is mentally ill. And while that is not an excuse, it does not make the abuse okay. And my pain is valid. Realizing that he will never be able to apologize for or even recognize the pain that he caused me was in fact because of his own shadows. That really helped me to move past it. It was like a wave of relief, a breath of fresh air. I really remember telling my therapist all of this and telling her that I had no idea how to process this. And she told me, you are processing this just by recognizing these things. You're processing and healing from them. And that was pretty much the nail in the coffin, at least for the nightmares and the pain. I still have little weird quirks, especially when it comes to dating. But as far as internally, that pain, that shadow, it no longer holds me down. And that's the thing about our shadows, you guys. They hold us down. Last week, I talked about empaths raising the vibrations of the earth. Well, in order for us to do that, we have to raise our own vibrations. And our shadows are the very things that hold us in those lower vibrational fields. We know this because of the law of attraction. Our shadows are all of the negative things about ourselves that we repress. And just because we repress them doesn't mean they disappear. They are still a part of us and are still emitting and attracting very low negative vibrations. That is why shadow work is so important when it comes to evolving and ascending into those higher vibrational realms. For me, my shadow work came at me. I could honestly feel my higher self putting a lot of energy into healing these shadows. And that's another thing too, you guys. I'm going to go on another little tangent here, but I want you to understand this is very important. So when we incarnate here on earth, to my understanding, only a small portion of our consciousness incarnates in our physical body. That is because our higher self or higher consciousness on an energetic level could not fit into our human bodies. I will actually add this to my list of episodes to create because I find consciousness fascinating and I could, could go on forever. But the point is that the part of our consciousness or soul that incarnates on earth is what we consider our conscious mind. Our higher consciousness is the remainder of our energy that does not incarnate into the physical body, but is still a part of you. And you can access this higher consciousness through meditation. That takes a lot of practice, but you can do it. Um, the shadow work for me is really the first time I have ever felt any sort of communication with my own higher self. And it wasn't like a conversation. I, in my physical body and this conscious mind, was avoiding my shadows. My higher self heard me ask for help and brought my shadows from my unconscious mind to my conscious mind so that I could process through them. I hope I'm not losing you guys. I'm trying my best to explain this in a way that makes sense. I think of my higher self as like my number one spirit guide. If you ask for help, you will receive help. I'm not a religious person, but that Bible verse, ask and you shall receive, really is at play with your higher self. There were other situations where I was forced to face my shadows. As you guys know, my dad passed away when I was younger. I have never really started the grieving process. Maybe because there was absolutely no closure. I mean, I've never seen his gravesite. There's no headstone, though I'm in the process of making that happen. But previously, there was 
nothing but a picture at his memorial. So that lack of closure of really seeing it in stone made it extremely difficult for me to accept that it even happened. This is obviously one of my major shadows. In response to that trauma, I repressed those emotions and never allowed myself time to mourn. A few months ago, I was using my pendulum to speak with my guides, and I really could feel my dad's presence for the first time since his passing. So I asked him to visit me that night in my dreams, and he did. Now, I've never seen my dad in my dreams before. I have had one re recurring nightmare about his death, but never actually seen his face in my dreams. That night, I saw his face in such detail, I could see the pores on his skin. He just embraced me and said, I am so sorry for leaving you. I love you over and over again. I woke up every two hours on the dot and would immediately fall back asleep. And when I did, the dream picked right back up and started over with that cycle, him embracing me and speaking those words. And when he hugged me in my dream, I could physically feel it. It was so vivid. It was hard to believe I was even dreaming. I remember waking up with smiling and thinking, my gosh, I asked him to visit me and he did. And I was overwhelmed with a feeling of peace. That was a major step in my grieving process. The other major shadow in my life involved a girl I used to be close friends with in high school. I lived with her for a short period of time and she really hurt me as well as a few of my other close friends pretty badly. And I also never really dealt with that either. I hadn't seen her since our falling out in like 2014. And then a few months ago, around the same time I was having to face these other shadows, I mean, these experiences all happened within a two-week time span. Anyway, she came into the restaurant where I was working at that time, and the host sat her in my section. And that was totally by chance. I didn't see her walk in. I mean, I know she didn't see me because I was in the back. Nobody there knew her or our history. And I'm glad it worked out that way because as uncomfortable and anxious as it was seeing her for the first time in many years, it really helped me to process those emotions that had been buried deep for so long. When I first recognized that it was her, I froze I was stuttering, forgetting things. I was totally nervous. I mean, completely out of character. But throughout her dinner, I realized with the help of a few pep talks from my wonderful coworkers, I realized that I was giving her my power. She doesn't have the power to make me feel this way. Not on her own. I gave it to her. So I said, you know what? No, I'm not going to feel this way anymore. I'm taking my power back. I'm going to do my job and not let this affect my day. And I did. And when I got home, I was reflecting on the situation. I was able to come back to center and realize she is just as much of a div divine being as I am. And being an empath, I was able to feel her shame that was connected to my pain. I feel peace regarding this specific person in my life as well. I, I mean, at this point. The shadow self grows every time that you repress. So I can't express how important it is to be consistently working through your shadows now that we have talked about what shadows are and my very abrupt and almost unintentional, and I say almost because although I did try to avoid shadow work at first, prior to that, I had put the intention out into the universe that I wanted and needed to do it no matter how difficult. 
So now I want to talk a little bit about how you can do your own shadow work. Shadow work is done in many ways. There are guided meditations out there specifically for shadow work. And a lot of people start in early childhood. I know past life regression therapy is a great way to unlock your shadows, not only from this current life, but from your previous incarnations as well. The goal of shadow work is to bring your shadows into the light or to shine a light on your shadows. So literally, the goal is to bring awareness to your shadows because once you become aware of everything that you have repressed, you will then be able to process those shadows and that is how you truly ascend higher. I want to just add to that for just a moment. Um, not only does the shadow grow the more that we repress, the shadow is the reason why we do certain things in life without understanding why. It's why we have those behavior patterns. Like for me, I I repress, th suppress things. Excuse me. I avoid things. I get extremely anxious about things. And my shadows are really the reason for that. So in working through these shadows, I have noticed a tremendous difference in my anxiety levels and my coping skills. So that's just really another point of mine is to just stress. Like your shadows affect every aspect of your life and you won't know that that's what's causing it until you bring them into awareness. I also want to point out that while doing shadow work is very beneficial, it's not going to make your trauma or parts of who you are that you have rejected and repressed, it's not going to take that away. Those things still happened to you and that part of you is still a part of you. However, when you become aware of them and you start processing the negative emotions that you have attached, whether that be to a traumatic event, to part of your personality. It doesn't matter when you start processing through those negative emotions that you've attached to that shadow, you begin to accept that shadow. And again, your shadow self is part of who you are. So the goal here is not to get rid of your shadows. It's to accept them and integrate them into your conscious awareness if you are ready to start your own shadow work, I would highly recommend journaling. There are prompts out there for shadow journaling, and I will include in the show notes a link to this specific article that I am referencing now. Um, a few examples I have found. How do you think people see you? What do you think are the worst traits a person can have? How have you demonstrated these traits? Do you have healthy boundaries in your relationships? What do those boundaries look like? And like I said, there are so many more prompts. This article alone has 75 prompts to help you bring your shadows into the light. And writing is such a powerful tool. Not only does writing these things down help you to reflect on yourself and your life, but also it gives you a way to track your progress. And you can pair journaling with meditation or therapy, especially if you have been through trauma or if you just feel too overwhelmed trying to process these shadows on your own, I would highly, highly recommend seeking out a therapist. I've been seeing my therapist for over a year now, and I'm a completely different person. I have a completely different perspective. 
And I'm so grateful for that. And I mean, it's 2022. We're entering year three of COVID. I think everyone should have a therapist at this point, but it's not a perfect world. If that is an option for you and you feel you may benefit from therapy, take that step because I promise you it's so worth it. A few tips to help identify your shadow. And I would write these things down as well, but pay attention to how you project yourself onto the world. Someone once told me that the hate you feel for others, what you dislike in other people, is actually a reflection of what you reject about yourself. That statement is extremely powerful, and there is so much truth in that. Everything, not everything, but like I said before, karma is a mirror, and When you project yourself onto the world, the world then becomes a mirror. So what you are going to see and how you perceive the world and those around you is what you are projecting out there. Just food for thought. Um, Also, start writing down your triggers. If you notice that every time you see the color red, you have a panic attack. The color red is most likely a trigger for you. And that can help you identify the memory attached to that trigger. Same thing goes for recognizing patterns. Like I was saying before with my own patterns of self-destructive behaviors, such as spending hours and hours watching mindless television instead of focusing my energy into something more productive or even myself. When you can recognize your patterns, you'll be able to break them and replace them with healthy coping mechanisms. Shadow work can also help heal generational trauma. It also will help you gain more confidence and self-esteem improve your creativity, discover your hidden talents, practice self-acceptance, which is so huge because when you are able to accept who you are and you become confident in your own self, you'll be able to set better boundaries. You're going to stop tolerating things in your life that have contributed to those traumas or shadows. It's going to increase your compassion towards others, your empathy. It will give you better clarity. Overall, shadow work improves your overall wellness. And doing all of these things is what helps you to ascend to those higher vibrations. I really hope this episode helped to shed some light on your shadows. No, seriously, I hope that this episode helped. Um, When I was first starting my awakening, I heard the term shadow work and it scared me. I thought very crazy things. Um, but no, it's, it's not any type of dark magic. It's really just deep, deep internal self-improvement, self-awareness. And again, I can't express the importance of it. So I hope that uh, once again, that my experience and, and my outlook on shadow work will encourage you to do your own. Thanks again for listening, guys. And once again, I apologize for the delay in this episode. But great news. Today's the last day of Mercury Retrograde. Hey, we did it, you guys. We made it. Um, And the last week I mentioned a bonus episode about mom guilt, single parenting. Um, I did not release that episode because I have two very inspiring women who would like to join me for that. So as soon as we can align our schedules, we'll get that episode up and running. And until then, I look forward to talking to you next week.